Welcome to episode two of Adulting 101 The Pod. We're talking money management with financial consultant Luana Laurent. She shares tips and tricks on how we can manage our money better. Hi, Luana. Welcome to Adulting 101 The Pod. Thank you, Andrina. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Listen, I have to tell you, you are my first guest and I'm so excited because we're doing a deep dive into what matters most and that is money, right? (laughs) Yes, a very interesting topic, one not many people like, but we have to speak about it. So I'm excited to share with you and your listeners. I cannot wait for you to give us all the tips and tricks of how we can really manage our money properly um it's definitely one of those things that every listen i know every year i say i'm gonna manage my money better i'm gonna manage my finances better and by i would say june i say listen i need to treat myself and everything goes down the drain i don't know if you've ever had that experience yes 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 indeed because did you know that i think the the day that financial resolutions go out the window is by like January 9th or something. Like so quick. That. I was giving myself until June. I did not know that. So the first if you the make night- it to June, if you make it to June, you're doing great. <laughs> I have to give myself some grace there. So I know that you're gonna give us a lot of tips and tricks, um, how we manage our money and how what we should do really and truly, because you're the expert. But I thought, you know, before we start getting into the thick of it. We could talk about perhaps how we really think about money, you know, that kind of cultural perspective that we have, because I find that in order to make those informed choices before getting straight into it, maybe we should think about, you know, why do we think about money in this way or how can we think about money better so that in the future we really understand why we're making these choices and we can make better choices about money, right? Um, so I'll just talk about my experience or my observation and my ex- my own personal experience. So I really find that there are two sides of the coin. It's either we find that money is this big gray cloud hovering over us and we do not know what to do with it. We're scared to spend it. We're holding on to it for dear life and we're only probably spending on our necessities. I think that the other side of the coin is our money is just evaporating. We're, we, we say to ourselves, Listen, we can't save anyway, so what is the point? And we're just spending money on the things that I guess make us happy. And then at the end or in the middle of the month, we're like, well, hold on, the money done. So what do you think about the cultural perspective and how we think about money and perhaps how we can shift it and think about it in a more positive way and then make it work for us? You you make a very good point. There are always two sides to a coin and it, it depends on your mindset. What side are you looking at your money values from? Uh, you will You will observe that when we look at our communities in the Caribbean, we have had limited access to building wealth for generations. And one can argue it's because we are less informed on how to manage money. We have limited financial literacy skills, and that has been progressing from a generation to generation over time. And we have not been taught that education, that financial education in school. So we don't really know how to make financial decisions, wise financial decisions, in fact. And that has put a a limitation on our communities as well as our mindsets when it comes to dealing with money. 
I will give you my own experience. I was not taught money at home. I, I grew up, my family was well off enough. And we were not rich, we were not wealthy, but my parents provided for us. And sometimes we would go to the supermarket and my mom would say, put that back. You can't have that. But she never really explained why I couldn't have that or that I can have it later. And this is what I would have to do or we would have to do to afford it later. So you can you can already see that we would have been conditioned from a young age on how to make financial decisions. And we're growing up, we're starting to work straight from school. We're going to first paycheck. We're heading over to university with very limited financial skills. <laughs> that in itself is what the motivation for finance focus was. I, I hit rock bottom. I went off to university despite being employed for a few years before that. And I had to provide for myself while I was living abroad. And I realized I had no money management skills. That's the thing. And the thing is, as I said, a lot of us just end up winging it. And you made a, an excellent point there. And it always goes back to me about financial literacy. We're not taught about it in schools. So while we always hear, listen, you can't have that in a supermarket and we have food at home, we're never... We don't understand why are you making that choice? So we don't really know why, you know, we don't have the information to make an informed choice because, you know, our parents are just like, listen, this is what it is and this is what it's going to be. And that's why we have an opportunity now through Adulting 101, of course, and with you to make better and more informed choices. And so, of course, we have to dive into how we can do that and what systems we can put in place. But before, I think it's really important, even before you start putting those systems in place, right, and thinking about all right, this is what I'm going to do and this is how I'm going to do it. Identifying why you want to do it. Why do you want to save money? What is the goal? What is that motivating factor? In Luana's content, she talks about finding your why and what is going to motivate you and keep you consistent with those systems and, you know, handling your money better. So tell me a little bit about that, Luana. What is your why? Your why can only stem from where your mindset is positioned. You will observe that sometimes, based on our mindset, we believe that we are not entitled to a certain way of life, or we may deserve something else, or you may feel like you deserve something, but your environment makes you feel like this, this isn't for me. In order to overcome that, we have to shift our mindset into believing that we deserve abundance. We, we cannot continue to accept that we're living in this, in this scarcity mindset and just moving from paycheck to paycheck, spending the little that we have just to get by. So when we speak of our why, what is our why? What is the reason that you want to be able to provide for yourself? What is the reason that you want to increase your income or invest or save or pay off debt? What is that feeling at the end of that statement that makes you feel like, yes, I deserve great things. I deserve nice things. I deserve to, to live a fulfilling life. 
identify your why before you can even start considering how much money you're going to make, how much money you're going to save, because that will be your motivation. That is the, the foundation for setting your financial goals. You know, that, that big picture objective of what you want to do with your money, of how money makes you feel. Identify your why. Right. And that's, that is honestly so valuable, Luana, because I joke to everyone this, this year and last year, actually. And I said, listen, I can't go to X and I can't buy Y because my big Y for this year is my wedding. I'm getting married. And if I, I don't know if oh, you know, congratulations. <laughs> thank you. but flowers girl are not cheap. All right. So decor and, you know, planning a wedding and all the elements that go into it. It's, 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 it's expensive. And so for me, that is one of my whys for this year. And another why is that, you know, I want to build a home, build an investment property. So it makes it a lot easier when you can identify, maybe you just want an emergency fund, but I think that identifying your why helps you to really fight temptation. So when I'm driving home and I'm passing KFC and I'm like, listen, a hot wings combo would go down really nice right now. I'm like, okay, but you have a wedding to plan. Eh? So just drive home because there's food at home. <laughs> <laughs> there's food in your fridge. <laughs> so I I'm think happy that, you said that. Uh-huh. I'm happy you said that because even with identifying your why, it's a humbling process because you, you have to be able to tell to say no, to tell your friends and family no, to tell yourself no, because there's a bigger picture to why you are doing things. And you mentioned that you're getting married. And did you know that research says that one in three marriages start off in debt? Yeah, and I can imagine because the thing is we have this perception of perhaps starting off with a really big wedding or spending a lot of money and then we don't probably foresee the issues financially that you know we can have in the future and so that's why individually before you get together it's good to have a solid base with regard to your management and it's okay to say no it's okay to say listen i can't build a five-story house i can only build a two or with regard to my goals i can't have 100 guests at a wedding i can only have 50. Um, so being able to say no, particularly Correct. to those social social pressure, we're we're you know we're humans, we enjoy socializing, but it's okay to tell your friends, well, you know what, I can't do this because I have a lot of things going on financially, and not feeling guilty about it, and not having to justify it either. Yeah. Yep. So I think that now that we kind of get all right, we 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 understand the way that we should think about money and we say we we identify that there has to be a motivating factor to kind of keep us consistent, to keep us going, and to help us make those systems part of our habit. But the big question and why we have the expert with us is because we need to find out, like break it down for me. How am I supposed to manage my money, Luana? First of all, what is managing your money? And then let's go into how we can actually do it. Managing your money is essentially understanding how you use money, how you save money, how you borrow money and how you invest money. It's as simple as that. Um, you find that we may be challenged in that area because, of course, because of our lack of financial literacy. But in order to simplify it with the basic knowledge that we have, we can break it down into four steps. And I like to simplify financial tips through finance focus for the average Joe and Joanne to understand 
before you can even get into that zone about saving and paying off debt and investing, the first thing you have to become is aware. So step one of that financial detox, understanding your money, is to become aware of where your money is going and where your money is coming from. If you aren't aware, you can't start. You'll just be lost in the clouds. I want you to know that I'm actually taking full notes right now. Eh? So let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So once you become aware, it puts you in a better position to start that, that journey of financial planning, of financial management. Once you're aware, the next, the next step is to align, align that goal that you have with your inflows and your outflows because you can have big ideas but does your financial position permit you to achieve those goals i know so kind of being more realistic yes and, you know setting attainable we're goals. setting smart goals based on the reality of i have only 500 dollars coming in this month or my expenses are 200 dollars once we become aware and we align our financial goals to our inflows and outflows, we can create that buffer as to how to save. And that is one of the, the methods that I teach in my coaching. Spend what is left after saving. You have to save before you can spend. Or else, by the time you spend, you might realize, I don't have much. I'm not even going to save. So you become aware and you align your goals to sort of give you that buffer to start that process. One of the challenges we have in managing money, and all of us can see that, is our management of debt. This is one of the areas that puts our entire financial position in jeopardy. Debt management, whether it be consumer debt, education, mortgage, it puts us in a position where it, it sort of reduces our spending ability. It reduces our cash flow. So we have to accept. I'm happy you spoke about education debt because a lot of us young professionals, we graduate from university. We have our great degrees. We start working, but we forget, oh, wait, we have a loan to pay back. And, you know, we may start a particular standard of lifestyle that is not aligning with the fact that, hello, well, you know, you have to pay back the bank, you know. Correct. Correct. So you become aware, you align your goals, and it's easy to ignore your debt, especially as a young person. You know, you're living life, there's a lifestyle that you want to maintain, and you figure, I have time. I get over that bridge eventually. And we sort of ignore our debt, and that derails our finances. So at that point in our money management, we need to accept what our debt is and make provisions to, to repay that, to manage that debt over a period of time. Once we're aware, we're aligned, and we accept our debt, in order to overcome that final hurdle when it comes to managing our income, and I believe me when I tell you you're going to agree with me on this one, is to take action by earning additional income. If you have one source of income, you are very close to being broke. And I don't use the word broke. <laughs> so if I tell you right now in 2023, the goal is to earn additional income, additional means of income, passive income, 
that is the way to take action because there are two sides to a coin. You can focus so keenly on your expenses by tracking every coin, by reducing your your non-essentials. But there's so much that you can do by tracking and reducing expenses. At some point, you have to look at the other side of the, the coin, which is to increase your income. Okay. And so, I mean, it makes sense because at the end of the day, we know that we have a certain amount of money that we can work with. And that's obviously great. But eventually, in order to, because we're talking about aligning our goals and in the future, obtaining and um, reaching other goals that we have set for ourselves. So in managing our money, it's also very smart to say, okay, well, at some point, there's only so much I can save. There's only so much I can maybe uh, put aside, but the reality of the fact is that I have certain overheads um, and I want to achieve more. So if it is that I want to buy that house, I need to probably search for another stream of income. And then, but the thing is, when we have that second stream of income, I think that it's important to note what we do with it. So is it that we start spending that second stream of income frivolously or perhaps we put it into a savings account that we can't touch. How do we then manage that other stream of income that's coming in? The easiest way is to beware of lifestyle inflation. I was guilty of that. <laughs> what that is essentially is you're in a position where you've never had that amount of money in your possession. And now you're excited because, you know, additional cash flow is coming in. And you're seeing everything that you can buy now that you could not buy before. And the same speed that you're increasing that income, you're increasing your expenses with that, essentially putting you back to base one. So in order to limit that, that practical sense of increasing income and expenses at the same time, it takes us back to our previous discussion to remember our why. What is your ultimate goal for focusing on your finances? What is that ultimate goal for achieving that additional income in the first place? Yes, I'm not saying that you should not treat yourself every once in a while or enjoy that money that you worked so hard for. But at the end of the day, we have to remember why we're making those sacrifices, why we're looking for an improved way of life. That in itself will allow us to control our spending habits. And I can tell you personally, I saw myself earning more when I adjusted my spending habits. And, and I, I know we're going to come into that budgeting discussion soon. Absolutely. And can you tell that I am excited to cross this bridge? Because this budget word is just, you know, <laughs> everywhere. Everybody's like, you need to get to your budget. You need to handle your budget. And it's so important to think about it practically and strategize with regard to obviously how you are going to sit down and say, okay, I want a budget, but I have to actually implement these things into my life. Now, when I was looking at your content again, I saw that Luana, listen, Luana has this amazing 50, 30, 20 rule. And I really like the fact that it just sticks in, sticks in my head. And I'm obviously, <laughs> going to, <laughs> I'm obviously going to let you tell us a little bit more about it and how we can budget, not just budgeting, 
but budgeting strategically and budgeting effectively. Yes, let's get into this. Now, before I start talking about budgeting, I just want you to know that I have champagne taste. Girl, me too. Don't worry about it. You are not alone. (laughs) So by becoming aware of that, I had to put my finances in a position where I could afford nice things even with my limited income at the time. I was researching, learning more about budgeting because every time I hear the word budget, I cringe up. And that happens to a lot of my clients as well. So instead of saying, what's your budget like? I would ask, what's your plan for your money like? Because that's essentially what a budget is, a plan for your, a plan for your money. It's a lot less intimidating. Yeah, it is. It is. And when we, there are different types of budgeting. There's a zero base, there's the cash envelopes. There are different types of budgeting. But the one that I found that was a bit more flexible to my lifestyle was based off the 50-30-20 budget rule. This is a general rule of thumb that suggests no matter what amount of income that you're earning in life, whether you're wealthy, whether you're a minimalist, you should always aim for your needs to be no more than 50% of your income. You should aim for your wants to be no more than 30% of your income, and you should aim to save at least 20%. Now, in this season of hyperinflation, and we have skyrocketed rents and medications you name it just just going to the grocery for me is a nightmare oh so we're not even talking about groceries (laughs) when you have to compare this rule to what's happening in reality is this girl crazy like how does she expect my needs to be no more than 50 percent of my income so when i first read that rule i was like no this is not gonna work for me can't work I did an assessment and it showed that my needs were like 75% of my income. So right there and then I'm like, this rule won't work. But then it allowed me to analyze what my needs were, what my wants were and my savings percentage. And by identifying these line items under these three categories, I was able to say, but no, that's not a need, that's a want. And I shifted it into the wants category. Then I saw there were different needs that were a bit exorbitant. I was able to control that and bring it down. Over the period of three months, working on my spending habits, just by having my exact percentage of 75% need savings was zero for sure. And I still wanted to live my best life. So you know the wants was high as well. I was able to bring down my needs to about 65% of my income. And I was comfortable there. I did not try to meet the 50%. Like I said, it's a general rule of thumb. Because it might might work for most, but not for all. Using the 50-30-20 budget rule essentially gives you control of how you spend money. And that is why personal finance is personal. You determine how you're spending your money. You know what your goals are. You know how long your money can stretch. So by taking a deeper look at my needs, 
understanding what my saving goals were, I was able to control my spending based on the different categories to a place where I was comfortable. And in in my interactions with clients and other individuals, suggesting this rule for them has actually taken off that, that burden of budgeting because it puts them in control of their money. So for example, this month is carnival. Well, February is carnival in Dominica. So I already know when I look at that rule at February month end, the once is skyrocketed. <laughs> I know that. Given that I already have that idea, I'm already you now pulling back on, on some other ones so that I can supplement in a different way. So you realize the control that it gives me. We have to be realistic. It's not going to be cookie cutter and it's not the same for everyone, but at least you want to be within the range of putting most of it, putting at least half or a little bit more towards your needs and then splitting it up between your wants and obviously, you know, your savings. And of course, we know that there's sometimes that you may stray a little bit away, but I think that once you have that structure as part of your daily life, you're going to go back to what is comfortable when you realize, yes. well, listen, you know, I spent a little bit too much on my wants this this month. So let me just go back to what works because I'm straying away from what my actual goal is. And, and I just want to add for the past three years that I've been using that rule, I've gotten it to a point where now I can reduce my needs and focus on investment. So I've adjusted my percentages to include investments. So rather than save a full 20% for savings, I could split that 10, 10, 10% for saving, 10% for investments while still accounting for paying my debt and satisfying my needs and enjoying life. Let's say we have a young professional who's just started out. So we have debt, we have certain things that require uh, a lump sum of money to start up. Let's say you need to purchase a vehicle or you need to buy work clothes. You know, the amount of money you have to put up up front is, is quite high. So you're spending a lot of money. Or let's say we have a more mature adult who's trying to get out of debt. Of course, we know that the amount that you're able to save is not as much. However, if you stick to identifying what your needs are, what your wants are, how much you're actually going to save eventually, quite like you were, like you, you were able to do, then you see the light, right? And it works because this 50, 30, 20 budget rule helped me pay off my student loan and my vehicle loan within three years. It works. Once you keep putting the work in, eventually it becomes second nature. So then you become someone who doesn't know how to make informed choices or doesn't know how to manage your money to someone who manages your money really well and sticks to your budget. Yes, it's all about consistency and discipline. And you will look at everything else in life and money is included. In, in order to progress in life, you have to remain disciplined and consistent with what you. That's the only way that you will see change. Right, exactly. And I, I totally, totally agree with you. And I'm, I'm, my hope is, I mean, of course, I'm taking away exactly what you spoke about today with regard to how I can personally now manage my money better. Because for the year, I haven't actually sat down and said, okay. And I think writing it down is also very important. Ah, so, yes, yes. you know, not just, okay, I did in my head, 
50, 30, 20, or, okay, I'm going to manage my debt like this, or I'm going to, you know, become more aware of how I need to manage my money. But looking at your bank statements and then look and then sitting and writing your budget out, looking at your debt and not being fearful of it, but saying, okay, these are my responsibilities. This is what I have to take care of, yeah, right? Yeah. And the more you have a positive out, because listen, before when I used to log into my bank account, it was their <laughs> panic. You know, I'm like, oh gosh, with the little ten dollars I have in there, I don't even want to <laughs> see it. But now it's like, okay, let's take a look at what you spent. Let's take a look at how much you have, and let's make sure that we are sticking to the goal for you know January, February, March. Um, so writing it down, I think, is really important so you have an idea of what you're really trying to do. Yes, like what I always say, what gets written down gets remembered. Your brain is to create, not to store. Wow, I'm actually that is a that is a gem. I'm going to write that one down. We went from talking about how we look at money, and we we know now that. We really need to have a more positive attitude towards it. And we need to realize that money can work for us. It's not this thing that we need to be scared of. Um, and then obviously identifying why. Why is it that we need to put better systems in place? Why is it that we need to budget? What are our goals to help us or that will help us be more consistent and more disciplined if it's one of the words that we have spoken and said throughout this entire episode is consistency and discipline. And those, I think, are the foundation of adulting, more or less, right? <laughs> if it is that we take a look at what you spoke about managing um, your money and putting systems in place, the first thing you have to do is obviously become aware. And then, of course, aligning your goals, making sure that you make smart decisions, you have attainable goals, and you're not saying, well, I make $100 a month, so I'm going to try to save $90. That doesn't make any sense. That ratio is not proportionate. And then, of course, managing debt is a huge, huge, huge thing to be able to identify the fact that you have debt. Don't forget about the debt that you have incurred and try to get into your budgeting to chip that debt away so that you can be a little bit more financially free. And of course, we know that adding some income can't hurt. And then we spoke about budgeting, which is a huge part, I think, of money management. And you said, obviously, your finances are personal to you. It's personal finances. So while you told us about the 50, 30, 20 rule, we know that for some people, it may differ just a little bit. But the important part is to identify there's a large proportion, at least half, going to your needs. And then you reserve a little bit less for your wants, obviously. And there's a, I know there's a blurred line between needs and wants, but we need to figure it out, guys. You know, some of your wants are not your needs. You determine, that's why it's personal. You know, my needs may be your wants, your wants may be my needs. So we just have to be honest with ourselves when it comes to personal finance. That in itself will give us a, a greater sense of, of reason as to what direction we should be going. We can't just be making these decisions left, right, and center. We're in 2023. The world is going through recessions. We have to be smart with our money while still making room to enjoy our money because we're going to be spending money until the day that we pass away. So why not be able to spend it comfortably to enjoy time with friends, family, to achieve our goals and prepare for our future generations so we're not 
back in that same position of being limited in our financial education. I think that we really had a very full discussion um, on managing our money. But at the end of the day, you know, it's such a complex topic. It's difficult because money touches and concerns everything in our life. And it's really difficult in a 30-minute podcast episode to dive as deep as we need to um, with regard to all things concerned with money. And so that's why I'm going to give Luana the opportunity to tell us about her offerings to the public because she's a financial consultant. So if you need help, and of course, there's nothing wrong with needing help on such a complex subject, Luana is the person for you. I'm happy you mentioned that. This is also one of the challenges that we have when it comes to improving our finances. We are afraid to ask for help. We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of all information being leaked in the streets. And that is why our platform is based on confidentiality, on honesty, and we are inclusive to all in our communities. At Finance Focus, we provide financial coaching for both individuals and entrepreneurs to assist them in managing their money and managing their businesses. We also provide accounting services, particularly to micro and small businesses that need that extra focus and assistance in increasing their revenues, creating strategic plans, and progressing for the future. And we are regional. We are located in Dominica, but our services are extended throughout the Eastern Caribbean and the U.S. and the U.K. Luana, I, I, I know that you're so knowledgeable about this topic, and I definitely hope that more persons take advantage of the knowledge that is out there about managing their money, about all things finance, and really making sure that throughout our adulting journey, we do better with our money. So thank you so much for being our first guest on Adulting 101, the pod. It's my pleasure. And I hope that it brought value to your listeners, to you as well. That's it for episode two. We'll check you next time on Adulting 101, the pod.